Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. I'm Mike Ayres. Thank you for joining us today, Thursday, the 14th of September, 2023. And uh, Virgos are the greatest. I'll just I'll just say that. There's no question about it. With us uh, back in the studio is uh, Kyle Robertson, the striker. Um, behind him, hanging on the wall of the Podfather's Palace, is literally the shield. Um, it's uh, Captain America shield. And what's it say on there? Supporter shield, April. Yeah, uh, that was a few years ago uh, when um, uh, young Jacob Myers, in uh, his first <laughs> or second week on the beat, um, made the crew a, a supporter shield. They're like 4 now. That was uh, tw- 2019. Yeah. No, they weren't 4 0. 3 1 or 4 and- Three on one, maybe so, I don't know, and uh, and and Kyle, he was still reading soccer well, for dummies. <laughs> we'll have to get. Uh, well, so am I. So I mean, I'm not going to castigate him for that. Podfather's going to have to call up that clip. This current roster, I think I'm willing to say, this current roster the crew have is, I would say, shield contending. Mm. You're a little early on that. I think there's a long way to go. Anyway, suffice the crew did not win the supporter shield in 2019. Um, I think the 27-game losing streak had something to do with it or, or whatever it was that year, uh, six-ish or something. Um, I'm prattling now. Let's, let's, let's get into the, the matter at hand. Now, the, the playoffs are virtually a certainty yeah. this year. Yeah. I hate to use virtual certainty. That's an oxymoron. But um, the, the crew is in fifth place in the Eastern Conference with 45 points. They're a point back of Philadelphia, um, and you may recall they did stick their toe back into fourth place after their latest game, a victory at CF Montreal. Um, uh, we might as well cover that, start at the beginning, um, before we move into the rest of the show, Kyle. Um, and Patrick, the father. Are you up to date on your third. playoffs and how it works, right? Nine teams, right? And yes, two. yeah. Eight, eight, it changes. Eight, nine, play a knockout. <laughs> yeah. And then the first round is a best of three series. Um, and that is why you want to be in the top four um, because you get home field. Yeah. You get two games at home if you need them, need the second one. Yep. Um, so the, the crew, they're, they're, they're there though. They're, they're in the running. Yes, they yeah. are. They're, they're in fifth place. As I said, uh, the top of the table, Cincinnati, which has already clinched the playoff spot. In fact, they did, I think two weeks ago, uh, 57. They've, they've clinched home field pretty much. Right. I mean, they have to win like maybe. Three of the last seven. Uh, they're pretty, they're yeah. in good shape. They're 57 <laughs> points to the New England Revolution's 48 in second place. And, of course, the Revs, after, <laughs> right, after, right after selling their goalie, lost their coach. Um, and, you know, there's some good people that are in that front office. Um, I, you know, I can't speak to the sideline. Uh, but there's some smart people. Um, uh, there's some depth of intelligence in that organization. I, I don't know if this is a catastrophic blow. Kyle's shaking his head. He's going to hurt his neck no, here. He's going to require right, surgery. Right? Wasn't Go like, talk. Wasn't like Richie Williams then and then assistant and then like they fired two more people like recently too, like yesterday. I, I saw somewhere like it's just a huge and the players said they weren't training. And so there was this kind of mutiny kind of going on, right? Well, it, it, I mean, you might know more than I, but no, I, I don't. I, yeah. I, I think you've read more yeah. about it than, than I have. What I read was back in the beginning when, um, you know, somebody tipped off the athletic that, this was in uh, early August, the first week of August. Um, somebody tipped off the athletic that, hey, there's no coach at practice. And in- inquiries were made. And they're like, hey, you know, we're going to write this, that your coach isn't there. What's going on? And, and for like 
a couple days. They didn't sit the neither the league nor the revolution said anything. Anyway, Bruce Arena is out for reasons of uh, insensitivity. I guess we can say, Kyle, what is what is? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's the right term nowadays. You know, kind of uh, uh, what do you want to say? Old school, kind of not 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 going or this is the winning bowling maybe. I mean, there's probably. A little bit of all that kind of in there. This is the winningest coach in MLS, yeah. MLS history. Um, USA think, coach, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's and a dead. former immense national yeah. team coach. I mean, uh, he picked up when uh, when when Jurgen got the yep. jettison uh, and finished up there, and he, and he had him in previous iterations. So New England is second and a mess. Mm. I guess you can kind of expect him to come down. I don't know. We'll have to look at, uh, at their remaining schedule. And then in third place... Uh, one of the hottest teams in the league, Orlando, 47. And that is the crew's next point, uh, next opponent. Fourth, Philadelphia, 46. And again, the crew in fifth place with 45 points. And then you go down to sixth, Atlanta with 42. So the crew nestled in there. Um, probably, well, I think Atlanta has a realistic yeah. chance of cracking the top four. Nashville's in seventh place with 40 points. Again, fourth place right now, Philly with 46 points. But really... The crew are the the biggest dog in that fight in terms of getting over the the, the number four bar, which which gets you home field advantage in the first round of playoffs. And you know, I'm right. enjoy to play it. Um, let's let's just talk real quick about the Montreal game, Kyle, because it seemed like weeks ago. Well, not a, it was weeks ago, but as you will recall, it seemed like everything came together. Oh yeah. Now. There were some saves from Patrick Schultz. Yeah, that one, uh, the corner kick was awesome. There, we just parried it. There were some breakdowns, but yep. that said, it was three nothing at the yep. half. Cucho pots a penalty kick in the second. Yep. His first hat trick of his crew career. In fact, his first hat trick since 2016, I think, is what Adam Jardy wrote. Go to go to yep. uh, Columbus Dispatch, dispatch.com to see all all the fine beat work, but. In a nutshell, yeah, no, it could have been way worse. I mean, they're they, healthy. Yeah, Ramirez, this is their yeah. team. Rossi settled in. Yep. Gressel settled in. Yep. At least Rossi settled in more. Um, and the long balls between both Rossi and Gressel was, you know, pretty great there. The Cucho's header was from the long ball, I, I believe, from the right side. Him. Yeah, he had then, twenty shots the previous game, and, <laughs> and he finally finished know, that header. I know. But well, it could have been five. I mean, Ramirez got stopped like on a breakaway, and so did Rossi too. So yeah. it could have been you know five one or five zero at half. It was an impressive yep. offense. Well, the back line, the back line was a little shaky for the first goal, given that they kind of. It, oh, that was easy. Camacho yeah, made yeah. a uh, kind of a tried, tried to pass it. It looked kind of deflected. Their guy, the guy just smashed it home. There's your veteran center back who knows yeah. the system, giving the ball <laughs> away in the box. But I don't think I don't think he'll do that again. No. Um, uh, so, but then, but then Solskjaer did the get. He kind of got nutmegged on the on the second goal too, off the the volley from the cross from the right side. So, I mean, probably wanted that one. I mean, but but I mean, the the parry and the you know the corner kick was you know, his save. I thought was the save of the game. Four to two yeah. on a road in Wilfred Nancy's yeah. former stopping ground. Um, that was. But they they put up a dud the in the middle of the week against Houston, right? It was two nothing. Yeah, yeah, but there's that some, was a rotational thing. Yeah, I, I think they were looking ahead to Montreal, yeah. and and that's the point. I guess what I'm getting yeah. at is, you saw the plan in Montreal. Yeah. You go like, oh, this is this right. is how it looks when they're well. Home. I mean, they won a the, the third right, road I know, game. I know, but for the first time in a long time, you have two people, two players on each side of the wing that are dynamic that can put crosses in from both sides. You know, you always had one. Remember, we had um, 
Santa, uh, Pedro, uh, Pedro Sanch. Was, uh, yeah, Sanch, uh, was on one side and a lot of stuff was coming from the left side. But now, I mean, they have with Rossi, the way he's kind of playing on the left side and yeah. Gressel's coming. I mean, they, they have it coming from all sorts of places. And then the header Ramir, on the, on the header from Rossi, uh, Ramirez kind of like thought that for sure he's going to be high. And kind of like did the old fake, you know, kind of like he was going to go up for it. But then uh, Almost Cucho comes like, yeah, head, yeah, like he knew Cucho was going to get there. But Cucho had a far run from the from the top of the box to make that yeah, header. Yeah. He was pretty wide open. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Nice well, he got lucky, though, on that that uh, the, his third goal. That penalty kick was, was pretty, uh, I think, weak. Right in there on that line, he kind of got tripped up, but. Cucho's fired up. He's always oh, yeah, fired yeah. up. I mean, he's he's. Um, but he's the man now. I think that's maybe why that's you're kind of seeing this. He was trotted out today for availability over at the uh, historic crew training center or whatever that's called now. Uh, brought to you by uh, Ohio Health. You had to say it. You could said something else like uh, I don't know, some g- garbage company made it up. Anyway, I like to- Ohio Health. <laughs> Yes, it is. It is oh, yes. Yeah, so Kucho was brought out today. Yeah, and, yeah. and he's he's uh, he's excited. Man. And, um, you know, you think about it. He got here a couple of years ago. Um, he played on two Caleb Porter teams that failed to make the playoffs. Um, he comes just like anyone else who's not from the United States or North America, really, the U.S. and Canada. He's never really experienced an American-style playoff system before. Um, and that includes this uh, – all these – dynamically important games that they're playing mm-hmm. from here to the end of the stretch, trying to get over the bar, playing Orlando, who was two spots ahead of them, and then Chicago, which is trying to get from 10th to 9th in the West. And, you know, he's always smiling. He's like Frankie Lindor or uh, was it Danny from uh, from Richmond? Danny, there was a Danny. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, from the show. Oh, yeah. Ted Lasso. What's Danny's name? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. He, he's just – <laughs> Yeah, Rojas. Danny Rojas. I mean, that that is Cucho. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, I asked Patrick Schulte today what Cucho's like in practice, what it's like to face him uh, day in and day out. And he said, just like he is on Saturday or Wednesday night, exactly the same. So, uh, full ball. He's fired up. Yeah. He's excited uh, to, to go go through this stretch run. And now he's in a really yeah. good spot. Isn't well, yeah, he? beginning of the year, he, even with Ziller on, he wasn't quite getting the goals going. I, and I think we talked a lot about the hell his struggles for the first 10 games or so. But, he now leads you know, the team in goals. I know. Yeah. Now that, it's crazy. Get a little heater. Okay, so next up, and by the way, the background noise is Adam Jardy is doing a little uh, uh, National Lampoon vacation. He's on top of his minivan um, and calling into the studio. Uh, Georgie, thanks for joining us. Uh, you were at the crew availability yesterday, and the focus um, with Aiden Morris, um, uh, Stephen Morera, and uh, Wilfried Nancy, um, there was a, a lot of talk about shoring up the defense. Fair to say? Yeah, yeah, and it was fun because the press conference, when, when we talked to Wilfried Nancy, uh, he was the last one of the three that we spoke to. He opened it with just like perfect. He said the team or the focus was repetition without repetition. And I love when when <laughs> Wolfric does something like that and then you can and then you get to dissect it and unpeel the layers and try to get some understanding of the thought processes because as you guys know, I mean the dude the dude's such a deep thinker and when he says something like that there's a lot of layers that go into it. Um, so in this case there was a lot of talk about obviously this team has not been super stout defensively and some of that 
they feel is just a result of how they want to play, some of the situations that their, their, their defenders get put in, but also their, their forwards and everybody on the field. Um, but there was, there was just a lot of talk about trying to put guys in, in uncomfortable positions that they can't anticipate in practice and keep repeating those kinds of situations where you're not going to have the same scramble or the same recovery in this iteration of the drill compared to the last one, but they're all reinforcing the same concept of uh, spacing and understanding where you need to be and positioning. Um, and it was just a really fascinating sort of nuanced look at, yes, we feel like we need to get better defensively, but here's how we go about that. And there's there a lot to it. Well, Adam, they have a big one upcoming on Saturday. Um, they're at Orlando. Uh, third, the third place team in the East. Um, the crew has been uh, one of the better teams in MLS over the last little while. They're they're eight two and three in MLS play and eleven three and three in all competitions since May thirty first. Um, and in MLS over that span, uh, their goal differentials plus eleven with twenty eight scored. Um, all that's very impressive. And then you talk about the home team on Saturday. Um, that Orlando, Florida, you know, in my opinion, a hellhole. Um, but that is where the crew's playoffs hopes uh, burned in, in 2022 um, with the 84th minute penalty kick, which was uh, their modus operandi last year. But anyway, those Orlando City, SC, FC, et cetera, um, they're on a bit of a heater themselves. Uh, since June 17th, they're 6-1-3, and three, and they have recent victories at Cincinnati and home against St. Louis City, the number one team in the West. Um, did, did anyone yesterday talk about the weight, the gravity of this match? Yeah, I mean, to an extent, uh, one of the things that I was really interested in trying to, to get from guys was like, they've talked a lot since I've been helping out on the beat this summer about, like, knowing there's, like, sort of a certain number of wins and points that they feel they need to ensure that they, first of all, make the playoffs to try to get the home field advantage. And so, you know, you look at there's seven games left, and three of them are going to take place in the span of eight days. And it's like, you know, this is this is officially that time of year where it all gets very real and, you know, the seating gets finalized and, and tickets get punched and all that jazz. Um and so there was just a lot of talk about, you know, recognizing that they need to handle this the right way. That, like, there was some talk about last year and obviously what happened uh, on decision day. There was some, some um, uh, relief that, uh, unlike last year, they will be playing at 2 o'clock in Orlando and that the conditions should be a little bit less, uh, less difficult, I guess. Um, so there was certainly that aspect of it, but... So one of the things that's been interesting to me covering this team is when you try to, like, it's one of the most cliche things in sports writing. Like, oh, what do you think about your opponent? Like, let's write a story about what this team thinks about the other team. But, like, you never really get into that. Like, obviously, they, they focus on, on a, or they, you know, plan for the other team and things like that, but it's always so inwardly focused with this team. And that was, honestly, kind of how it went yesterday, too. Just, you know, a lot of... uh yeah, we respect them, and we know they're going to do this and do that, but, like, we just kind of need to really do what we do, and they, they believe so highly in themselves. But uh, there was certainly 
uh, some relief that at least this game won't be played in the middle of the day. Maybe that'll help with the conditions a little bit, make it a little less uh, sweaty. Maybe that's a good word for it. Um, that, was, that was kind of the main thing, honestly. Just that it's not, it's not a, it's not decision day, and it's not going to be played in the middle of the afternoon. Adam, did anybody talk about the fact that they've lost five straight in Orlando at all? About how they've kind of did that come up at all or anything like that? I don't know. It's all new to these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Still, it's, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, a little bit. I mean, Wilfrey talked about just like wanting to see how his team responds in that situation. That they know the difficulty of going in there and playing there and trying to win there. Um, I mean, there's a lot of credit given to the atmosphere, the fans, the conditions, and all those things. Just that there did seem to be a general like acknowledgement of the fact that it's difficult to win there, and if they come out with you know feeling good about themselves on Saturday, that they'll feel like that's a pretty big step toward you know getting to where they want to be and being the team that they want to be as they head into the stretch run. Um, they didn't specifically mention that, but I do think there is a, a recognition that this is a difficult place to go win. It is. Uh- uh, just because they, they kind of know how to close out games. You know, that said, Adam, um, the, the Orlandos are 6-3-4 and four at home and 7-3-4 and four on the road. Um, the crew 10-1-3 and three at home uh, and a pedestrian 3-7-3 <laughs> and three on the road, coming off, you know, only their third road victory of the season. So I, I, think, it's, I think it's really cool that one is – the crew did win at home, and winning on the road is going to be imperative coming down the stretch here and on yeah, into the playoffs. Yeah, if you want to get in the top four. Right. And, and the second thing is that's the, that's the opponent right there in front of them. Well, just past Philly. Right. Right. And so this, this game has a yeah. lot of gravity to it. A lot of, it it's, uh, I'm looking forward it's to it. It's a real it. test, I think. Wilford probably wants to see his team you know, compete and see where they're at with seven games to go. Yeah, and uh, Aiden Morris talked about that a little bit yesterday. The, the the fact that when they lost to Minnesota on penalties in the League Cup, you know that they they felt like he said that like that that next two weeks where they had I think it was 16 days off before they right. beat FC Cincinnati. Um, but he said like he felt that was a turning point in the season. That like yeah, they wanted to win League Cup, but it gave them that that extended period of time to start integrating some of the new guys and really dial in and, and get even a little bit more or dialed into what uh, you know Wilfried wants them to play and how they want to play. And that was just a he so that's a pivotal pivotal point of the season for the crew. And so I'm I'm curious this weekend if they're able to make another jump or leap or if if they get the same thing out of this extended break because um, you know, I, I think that it's always interesting to me every conversation I have with Wolfrey, just like understanding his understanding of the game and, and just like the way that he approaches things and how thought out the guy is. Like when you give, I always, I'm always interested when you give a coach like that extra time. Like, what benefit do you see from that? And I think for a crew team that uh, you know was a little bit, I feel like a little bit gasping those three games in eight days and playing in Houston, playing in Montreal. Uh, can they translate now a chance to get, get a breather uh, into playing well? In a game that, like Kyle, like you said, I mean, this is a big game. I mean, you're, you're chasing this team in the standings. Um, if you can steal some points in their, in their field, like that's, that would be a pretty solid step toward these last seven games getting to where you want to be. 
Yeah, you know, you talked about that point of demarcation, the Minnesota game in the League's Cup that they lost at home on kicks. Um, and, uh, you know, I asked Schulte today about the stretch, um, and he went back to that juncture. And uh, what he said was, and I quote, as Stephen and Barreras, as Stephen would say, the real tournament starts now with 10 games. And that, that meaning, like, right after that Minnesota game. Uh, with 10 games yeah. left, after the little break with the League's Cup, the tournament starts with 10 games in the playoff push. They have seven games left now. Um, you know, he went on and said, uh, everyone gets the chance to make it, meaning in the league. Um, you work all season to make the tournament. And after that, the real work starts with doing the dirty work to lift the trophy. So, yeah, I think that was one of those uh, – I, I, obviously, they're talking about it. That was one, it was one of those uh, dates they circled on their calendars, maybe perhaps a point of demarcation. And if it's a launching point, good thing for them because, as we said, they have uh, seven games remaining, including two sets of three games in eight days, the first set beginning Saturday. Yeah. Uh, four of the seven are on the road. The three at home are Chicago, which is fighting to get from 10th to 9th, Philadelphia, which is in third place, um, or fourth place in the, in, the, in the conference, just ahead of the crew, and Montreal on decision day. So they have three and eight. There's a, uh, uh, let me see, then they get a week off. And then they have another three and eight. Home Philly, at New England, at Atlanta. Um, and this, this three set, I should say, I was breaking them down in two different ways. Let me start again. The overall happy recap, seven games remaining, four on the road, three at home, five versus playoff teams right now, maybe Chicago is a sixth, um, and two versus the Iron of the East. They're at Orlando, and they get a home game against Philadelphia. Um, this is, a, this is a, a forge they're entering. Um, uh, this, is, this is, I mean, this is what I like about the uh, American version of soccer is this playoff race and the subsequent yeah. playoffs. Yeah, because I think yeah, I, I yeah, mean, if they because if they don't do good, I mean you're playing for those home spots. So I mean again, if it you know you want to reward the teams that do well, and so like if the crew can push up and get that, you know, the top 4 and get those, you know, maybe even get into that second spot, you know, and and have two rounds of home games, like that's just going to, you know, especially with their home record, what would you say they 10 wins at home? Yeah, you know, I mean that's going to be you know, huge for them and for this team. Yeah, and I, I thought one of the things that uh, was interesting to me after the Montreal game, I um, uh, shout out to the, the crew PR staff. They, they got me on the phone with Abe Morris from Montreal, which having covered a game there before, I know that the uh, logistics of interviews across the border are not always the easiest. But when I talked to Aiden after the Montreal win, uh, he, he had an interesting point. He said that after the, the loss to Houston, he said it was Julian Bressel that stood up in the locker room after the game and just said, hey, listen, good teams don't lose two in a row. And they, they kind of took that as like, okay, that's, let's, let's keep that at the forefront a little bit here as we now go to Montreal. And, you know, I mean, Montreal's not exactly a world-beating team this year, but the, the, team, the crew's document or uh, struggles on the road have been well-documented. And I thought that, you know, to, to find a way to go into this break Taking some, or you know, winning a game on the road, taking a little, a little bit of momentum like that, and also the fact that like a, a newish player to the roster, Julian Gressel, was willing, was the guy that stood up and, and said something after that Houston loss. That was not a pretty game, um, and there's a lot of factors you can you 
sight there, but like they didn't, they really just didn't play all that well on top of, you know, losing. Um, and I asked, I asked Wolfried uh, uh, yesterday about Julian and, he, and about like, you know, is he a vocal guy? Like, is that part of his role in the team? Is he a vocal guy in the locker room? He basically said like, no, but when he says something, it carries weight. Like, he, he kind of picks and chooses his spots and that he, when he does talk, uh, it's, it's meaningful. There's, there's, he doesn't just speak to hear his own voice. And so, well, I, I just thought that was an interesting thing. I wanted to write something about that in the last week. I just haven't really been able to get to it, but I wanted to put that in the conversation because I thought that was, that was an interesting look into the locker room a little. Well, he's 29 years old. He's seen some things and he's won some things. Um, Kyle, yeah. is this, I think crew fans would like to think that after adding Russell as a right wing back, and, and Rossi, ostensibly on the left yeah. flank of the forward line, um, are, are they now settled in? So Cucho, either up top or just behind yeah. two, uh, the, the two. The, With Ramirez. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Morris and Nagby, obviously, the, yeah. the engine of the, of the midfield. You Bo and Gressel on, on, on the, uh, as the wingbacks. And now they've been playing in. Amundsen with Camacho in the middle and Marrera on the right side of the back line. Uh, Schulte settled in. He's, he's their goalie. Is this, are they ready to go now? I, you like yeah, to think I, it. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, I would say it is your, your, your top, top forward line in midfield that they've ever had with, with the guys that they got, especially the two with Rossi on one side and Grussell on the other side yeah. and with Kucho up top. Now Ramirez, you know, you wouldn't say he's the greatest, you know, striker, but you know, for, for what he provides, you know, for someone going up in the air and kind of the, uh, um, you know, the one-two of, of Cucho kind of playing off him, I, I would argue that it's probably their strongest offense they've ever had, um, especially with Nagby and, and uh, Morris in the, in the middle kind of holding that together yet. And, you know, remember the beginning of the year? Wasn't Morris leading the team in goals and he had like three or four goals, which, you know, he's kind of more settled, more in the middle you know, now, and the wingers are now doing their job, and so you're not seeing him go higher up like he did earlier on in the season. Oh, he scored on a cracker a couple games yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, but you know, don't you think, I mean, the offense is the best it's ever been? Uh, yeah, and, and uh, you know, half of that is, I think half of it's personnel. Yeah. Uh, even with Celerion out of the mix, who's yeah. arguably the greatest player in team history. But half of that is, is the retool. I mean, um, you know, Rossi and Gressel are, are big, and they fit this system yeah. well. And that's the other half is this system. Um, they're going to probe, or they're going to uh, and attack, uh, or they're going to attack right. and attack. Um, so uh, I think it's it's half and half. Uh, you know, it's everyone's healthy now. Knock on wood, and and uh, they're they're an impressive team when they're going. Jar, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I was just going to say, just in general, to, to piggyback on that thought, Kyle, that. Just like as fans of sport in general, wouldn't it be nice if like they weren't playing three games in eight days? Because I know we're going to see some mixing and matching. You're going to have to, you know, limit guys' minutes where you can. Like I want to see this group yeah. play like a stretch of games on full rest and see what that looks like. I'm just legitimately curious, and you know, I don't know that we'll necessarily get that with the just kind of the compression of the schedule here in these these last seven games. But I just wish that. It is what it is, and, you know, whatever. We can always find something to complain about, but still, like, it'd be really nice if we would get an extended run where, like, this team played every Saturday 
for four weeks, and then we got to see this group really start to coalesce and see what that looked like. Because I don't, I don't know that we have the full picture yet of maybe the full potential of, of this attacking group. And I don't, I don't. Well, know I mean, you might, you might see that. I mean, uh, we were just talking about this uh, before the show. There's still an international break where there's what two weeks off or ten days off. That's correct. That they, that they can rest some guys. Well, here's the way it goes. Yeah. It's it's three and eight beginning Saturday at Orlando. Wednesday, home against Chicago, and then the following Saturday at Dallas on the 23rd, um, at Orlando, at Dallas. Um, And then there's a week off. Uh, It's a regular regular week. And on September 30th, they start another three games in eight days, home against Philly, at New England, and at Atlanta. Um, And the game in Atlanta is on October 7th. Uh, then there's another uh, after that three and eight stretch. There's there's an international break, and then October 21st, uh, home against Montreal on so decision day. One game before after the international break. Th- that's right. Wow. Well, this is yeah, yeah. this is what League's Cup wrought yeah, in yeah. terms of compression of schedule on the second half. But everybody, but I mean, it's not just the crew. No, I mean, not. everyone's dealing with that too. And right. I think and I think yeah. you'll see the crew's depth really. I think that you know you have guys that you can. Bring in and, and give a, a rest to a Ramirez and a Cucho for a little bit, um, you know. Uh, but yeah, no, I think they're I think they're setting up. But like you said, Adam, I think crew fans want to see this group, um, you know, as a whole, kind of maybe uh, kind of come together and gel, especially the back line and, and figuring out a couple of things uh, on set pieces because they've given up some goals on set pieces uh, on corner kicks. Um, but you know, I, I think the offense. I mean, they still, what, lead the league or one behind St. Louis? I mean, they're going to put up the goals. So, to me, it's, to me, it's the defense. And if it, if it can hold, you know, hold the line and, and if Schultz can, uh, you know, play like he's been playing and, and, and given that crew those, those one or two saves that, um, that you've seen Eli Room, um, you know, do, you know, in, in past playoff performances and in, in the way to the cup. Well, the, the crew has a 54 goals, 37 against yeah. Uh, plus 17. Um, St. Louis has 55 goals, 37 against, plus 18. So those are the yeah. top two t- teams in, in goals scored in differential. Of course, the proviso here is that St. Louis has more than a dozen off of dead balls, uh, of set yeah. paces and stuff. So, and the crew uh, scores in the run of play, yeah. uh, and all the stats underlying and otherwise uh, uh, bear that well, out. Kucho almost made that one against Montreal, like dinged off the crossbar uh, early it'll on. Happen. It'll yeah. happen now and then. So there it is, uh, down to decision day. Uh, the crew at Orlando on Saturday, uh, 7.30 on your Apple TV. Um, and then uh, they come back Wednesday, home against Chicago. Oh. And, and then you won't see the crew at home again until September 30th. So um, th- there you have it. Adam, do you have anything else to add before we sign off? Patrick's, Patrick's asleep over there. Uh, uh, thoughts and prayers to the journey minivan. Uh, devoted listeners to the Buckeye Extra podcast that I do know that it's my portable podcast studio and it's in the shop right now. So uh, uh, thoughts and prayers to, to the Journey Mini event. Amen, brother. It'll Amen. be all right eventually. It's, it's going to take a little while. So I don't know. You might have to take it out back of the garage and shoot it, uh, Jarzy, but let's hope, <laughs> let's hope not. All right, that's it for this edition of the Soccer Speakeasy. Check out all of Adam's work and Kyle's fine photographs and the stuff I scratch out as well at dispatch.com. A lot of good stuff there. Please visit. For Patrick, the Podfather Flaherty, Adam Jardy, the striker, and wherever he is, the shield. I'm Mike A. Race. Thanks for joining us. Patrick, 
chickens out of here. <laughs>